It depends on what your goal is in life. My goal is to be as healthy as I possibly can be to accomplish all that I'm meant to accomplish. I would like to live a long time. The average lifespan of mankind depends on what world health statistics you're looking at or what group that's doing them. But 72, 73 for a man or 78 for a woman depends on where in the, the world you are. They'll sort of change and fluctuate. But I want to live longer than that. I want to live as long as I possibly can. And we can live medically. We have these little telomeres on the end of our chromosome, but bottom line, medically, we can live for 120 years. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the North Side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to give a shout out to our listeners all around the world. We have a ton of followers in India, which we were so excited to learn about, as well as Mexico, Europe, and Australia. And that's just really fun and exciting for Marnie and I as our podcast continues to grow. We also have a favor to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could please take just two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, a family member, or anyone you think may benefit from this information. Of course, we'd love for you to share this on social media, take a picture of this episode, and tag us in your stories. We are thrilled to welcome back Karen Hurd, who is a nutritionist and biochemist and has been practicing for over 30 years. She's helped over 30,000 people reclaim their health through her services, including her e-courses. The first time we talked with Karen was in the spring of 2020. 
where we introduced her work and she shared her life and her very personal story about what, what led her to do this work. She talked about her nutrition philosophy and how to heal the body through the power of food. We highly, highly recommend that you listen to episode 39 with Karen as it has been our most popular episode by far to date. Karen is full with so much wisdom and insight and we love how she goes deep into the science, in particular with COVID-19, which she'll share with us today. In today's conversation, Karen shares her immunity building tips, which includes food, and yes, we will discuss sugar, but also simple lifestyle tips that can help ward off any virus, in particular COVID-19, and also reduce symptoms if you do contract one. We even talk about her view on doing a polar plunge, which is something that Marnie and I have been toying with the last few weeks, as well as what temperature to keep your room at night. Karen's goal is to live to be 120 years old, and she shares how she does everything in her power each day to help her live as long as she possibly can. Karen shares her exciting update about a free app that she's creating to help people learn the facts, the facts related to COVID-19, the pandemic, the vaccine, and really just to help reduce the fear that many people are experiencing right now. Karen has a heart of gold, and you... Um, you can really hear through this conversation how much she just loves people and she wants what's best for everyone. We just want to mention that this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. And if you need any professional guidance, please seek your medical or healthcare provider. And with that, let's dive right into today's super inspiring and powerful conversation with Karen Hurd. Hi, Karen. Welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so excited to have you as a guest again today and dive into your thoughts on the coronavirus and immunity, which we briefly touched on last time when we spoke in the spring. And your episode that launched in August of 2020 has been our most popular episode yet. So we know that today's conversation will be as well. Great. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yes. So we've been living in this pandemic now for 10 plus months as the date that we're recording this. And we just thought we'd kick it off by if you could explain, you know, kind of high level, a little bit more of the science behind the virus and sort of the basics of corona, the coronavirus and in particular COVID-19. The coronavirus is actually a family of viruses. We've had coronaviruses around forever and they are a common cause of a cold. And people have for always gotten colds and flus. And it particularly increases in the winter months, or let me say this in the colder months, because some people are in the Southern hemisphere and our winter is their summer. So in the colder months, and that's typical because viruses thrive better in a colder environment instead of a warm environment, but they can still survive in a warm environment. But the coronavirus, that's, they're very, some of them are more severe viruses. You know, we have the MERS and we have, there's the SARS, and this is a SARS type of virus, but it is actually a mild, COVID-19, let me be specific. COVID-19 is a mild coronavirus. The symptoms are, are usually easily overcome by people. Many people have already been exposed to a coronavirus in the past, and so they will go without symptoms at all, or symptoms that are so mild, they have a headache for half a day and that was the end of it. Or they didn't, they don't have any symptoms at all and they had been exposed. And the only way we can tell that is through a T cell immunity test, which is not currently available to the public. It's only available in scientific research right now, but T cell immunity is right now, we're thinking it will give us several years, if not a lifetime of immunity to all coronavirus strains. Mm. Because see, there's many strains of the coronavirus. You know, we're seeing how there's the different COVID-19 strain, this one and that one. Of course there are. There will always be strains of viruses because viruses mutate and that's just the normal life, if you will, of a virus. So as long as you have a T cell immunity to any coronavirus, you're going to have mild or no symptoms of any future coronaviruses. And so 
the vaccine is is a different uh, approach. It's it's using mRNA. It's a trying to do, use a genetic approach instead of your classic uh, use of a vaccine. And right now we're not really sure of the full efficacy or the full safety because normally long-term safety and efficacy studies are done on vaccines. And because we have been caught, you know, in this pandemic, everybody's rushing really fast. And so the normal tests haven't been able to be carried out. So we're unsure of all of those results at this time, but that's not to worry. I mean, you know, we see, you know, the incidents, whether it's over inflated, you know, there's a big discussion of whether the numbers are overinflated or not. I'm not even gonna go there. It doesn't really matter because people get the flu. People get colds. They always will. They always have. It's just a matter of the course of life. And so our focus needs to be on our immunity. Are you healthy? Are you eating well? If you're eating a crummy diet and you live off of sugar and Coke or, you know, whatever is soda you drink, well, yeah, that suppresses your immunity. We are very well aware of how sugar suppresses our immune systems. We're very well aware of how stress suppresses our immune systems. We're very well aware of how cigarette smoking suppresses our immune system. I mean, we are, we're fully aware of the things that do that. We know what builds our immune system. And so if we just do those, then we will face whatever virus, whether it's a coronavirus, an H1N1, or whatever virus comes our way, because there will always be another virus always. That's not going to stop. And so the key is build your immunity. And do some people die of the coronavirus? Yes. Are the numbers inflated? Could be, could not. I'm not going to go there. That's a whole political, you know, hotbed. But it, it doesn't matter. People will die of a cold or a flu if they have, not always, but if they have comorbidities, that means other health problems, then they have maybe a more difficult time with it. But it doesn't mean you have to die, but it could mean you could. I mean, you could have already had pancreatic cancer. I just had somebody call and said, my sister died of COVID-19. And I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. She said, well, she had pancreatic cancer. She had one week to live, but she got COVID. So they said she died of COVID-19. Well, no, she probably died of pancreatic cancer. And she had, you know, she had a comorbidity. And that's what we're, you know, those people are more vulnerable and those are the ones we want to try to protect more. And we would do that for anybody. So the big thing is build your immune system and don't live in fear. Don't live in fear because fear erodes your morals. It erodes your values. It erodes your motivation and it causes you to make very unwise decisions. Live powerfully by building your immune system and knowing your body is super smart and it can fend off a whole lot of things. I think that's a great introduction here, Karen, to all these things we're going to talk about. And we want to talk about, dive into and explore many of the topics that you just brought up. Um, so thank you for setting the stage for us. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like you're talking about, you know, building immunity what types of things would you recommend that people can do to A, build their immunity and B, you know, protect themselves if they actually um, get the coronavirus or COVID-19? Well, first of all, to build immunity, we always think about putting things into our diet. And that's very nice and it's good and we should all eat good, healthy things. But it's the things that we're eating that we should take out of our diet that cause most of the suppression of the immune system. And those things are our sugary products. And people, if you're not sitting down, please sit down for this next statement. This includes fruit because fructose, which is the type of sugar that is found in fruit, will also lower immune system function. And so we know that it creates, uh, there's different antibodies that have to be produced, white blood cells that have to be produced. And all of that is inhibited when we're consuming sugar. I mean, we even have our scientific studies now being published that fruit is one of the causes of cancer because it lowers the immune system function. And, you know, for years we've been pushing fruit as, you know, you got to get those extra, you know, antioxidant and vitamins and all those wonderful nutrients from fruit to fight cancer. You can get them from vegetables. 
But people like vegetables as well as fruits because guess what? Vegetables aren't sweet. It's the sugar is a problem. And so most people can build their immunity not by saying, well, eat so many servings of protein or so many of you know this vegetable or that vegetable. It's actually, could you just give up your sugar? Could you just stop eating the sweets, not have the dessert, not eat your fruit, eat your vegetables instead? That along with staying warm, those are the two biggest things to build our immunity. Avoid all the things that taste sweet to you. Nothing should taste sweeter than a carrot. If you're not sure of, well, how many grams of this and the glycemic index, there's a glycemic index is how quickly your blood sugar rises upon consumption of sugars. That's not, that's not the issue here. It's, is this taste sweeter than a carrot? You can eat a carrot. Carrots are acceptable. And so if it tastes sweeter than a carrot, then you know, eh, we're not going to, we're not going to do do that. Instead, I'm going to eat my green beans and my broccoli or whatever other vegetable you want and all the foods. So one, don't eat anything sweet. Two, stay warm. We are human beings. We have to maintain a certain body temperature. So just backing up before we move on to talking about staying warm and what that looks like. So you eat no sugar, no fruit at all in your diet ever or like- never. That's ever. so sad to me. <laughs> no, it's so wonderful. Guys, I am 63 years old and I feel like I'm 23. I feel fabulous. I accomplished so much. I am full of energy, full of life. I got fire in my belly. I am ready to run, go, do, and be whatever God calls me to do. And so that is because I don't eat sugar and have it not for the past year or two years, for decades and decades, I have not touched it. And I don't care about it. I mean, when you don't eat it, you don't even care about it anymore. I mean, actually, when you see in these magazines and pictures of this dessert and that dessert and all these decadent chocolate whatevers, it's just like, actually, I look at that and my, I can feel my stomach go like I want to throw up. It's like, gross. <laughs> like looking at a pile of dog do, you know, and saying, yeah, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a unique, okay. And Marnie and I, obviously right now, as we speak, we're doing our seven day liver detox. So we're not eating any sugar um, or caffeine or alcohol. You know, I think you would approve of this eating yes. plan, Karen, but that's good. I like those things that we gave up. But, but for most people, that this is hard to even give up for a week. And, you know, a lot of people talk about moderation. Is it 80-20? Is it 90-10? Like, what's your view on that when it comes to sugar? And I get it. Like, if, we, if you can be 100%, no sugar, no fruit, all that good stuff, that's great. But what's your thought on a little bit more of a scaled back version? It depends on what your goal is in life. My goal is to be as healthy as I possibly can be to accomplish all that I'm meant to accomplish. I would like to live a long time. The average lifespan of mankind depends on what world health statistics you're looking at or what group that's doing them. But 72, 73 for a man or 78 for a woman depends on where in the, the world you are, those sort of change and fluctuate. But I wanna live longer than that. I wanna live as long as I possibly can. And we can live medically we have these little telomeres on the end of our chromosome, but bottom line, medically, we can live for 120 years. Very few people make it to the 120 mark. I'm on my, I want to go to the 120. Whether I really make it there or not, only God is the giver and the taker of life. So I, I respect that. So, but I'm going to do all that's within my power to make it to the 120 mark. So that means I'm 100% because that's my goal. If your goal is not to live as long as you can live and to be as healthy as you possibly can be because it's important to you. And it could be that you have grandma's whatever, uh, you know, Christmas time and it's a sugary treat. Then you won't have as optimum as health as you could have. Every time you eat a sweet, there's a little bit of, you lose a little bit. And you'll say, well, that's just temporary. Yes, there's a temporary thing, but there's also a long-term thing. We've been doing studies for dementia, Alzheimer's, and we know that sugar has everything to do. There's glucoreceptors on the neurons, neurons are brain cells. And so every time you eat sugar, you stimulate these glucoreceptors on your brain cells. And the more you stimulate them, it causes the degradation of that neuron. 
If it was a cell that could undergo mitosis, a mitosis is a cellular cycle, that it can be renewed. A new cell can replace it. No, it's fine. Our, every cell in our body except red blood cells and neurons can undergo replacement. But if you damage your neuron, it's gone forever. We cannot replace it. And whatever that neuron did, we cannot replace its function. And so that is the whole premise of these studies that we have been doing in senile dementia and Alzheimer's, that sugar has much to do with this because of the stimulation of the glucoreceptors. Gluco means sugar, sugar receptors. So it's up to a person's goal. Some people decide, and I don't blame them. It's just like, I would rather live in what's called moderation and take my chances of dying earlier and having disease than to live my life without fruit and sugar. And that's a personal choice that everybody has to make. It's, it's up to them. I think that's good perspective for people. So mm -hmm. that's, that's helpful. And I am excited to see you live to 120, Karen. So <laughs> yeah, you're our second guest that's had that goal. It's oh, that's great. And you girls are obviously younger than I am. You don't look like you're 63. And so hopefully you will be alive to see if I make it or not. You can watch exactly. it. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm yeah, planning I, to be alive. <laughs> I'd like to be a hundred. My goal right now is a hundred. So I'm we'll thinking a hundred too. That's yeah. I think that's great. A <laughs> hundred and twenty. I'm just not sure I, I want to be around for that long. We'll see how things change. <laughs> so going anyway. back to your, um, you know, your, your Corona protocol, you were starting to dive into staying warm. Can you, Keep going with that one. If a person does get the coronavirus, the most important thing you can do is please, number one, stop eating sugar. Just stop. I mean, you know, you're, the coronavirus, depending on the severity of, you know, some people only have a half a day of symptoms. Some people have six to eight weeks of symptoms. So how long you're going to be without sugar if you've decided, you know, you're going to, you know, go off of sugar for the time that you have the coronavirus that would vary with the person. As long as you have symptoms, please don't consume sugar. And second, you must get warm. Viruses, and in particular, the coronavirus. We know a lot about the whole family of coronaviruses. We're still learning more about COVID-19 because it's a new variant. But I mean, it's the same basic structure. There's just a few different changes in the DNA. There's a couple swapping out places, but it's basically the same they're very vulnerable to heat. Viruses um, are, you know, in, a, in a, a, a RNA, they're actually RNA, and they're, they unfold when they're uh, exposed to heat, and when they unfold, and they, they fall apart, basically. And so then they can't reproduce themselves. So if you were in an active stage of the virus, you need to get a heating pad on your chest. So if you start with the cough or the whatever the symptom, I mean, some people just have a headache and no other symptom, would you please get a heating pad on your chest? Or, you know, if you don't have a heating pad, you know, they have these rice bags that you throw into the microwave and heat up. There's the old fashioned hot water bottle, you know, warm towels, you know, hot showers, saunas, just obtain, get warm. But you specifically want to put this on the area where the virus is. And so that's all the upper respiratory tract. Do not put the heating pad over your face where you can't <laughs> breathe. You know? And so you put a heating pad on your chest and if you keep it there, it would be, if we can get you to bring your body temperature up to 106, that would be fabulous. And I'm not, I'm, I wanna rephrase that. Please take out the word body. If we can get the local temperature of this upper respiratory tract. So this is on your chest and it's up around your neck, you know? So this is, cause this is the coronavirus is all upper respiratory. If we can get that heated to 106 degrees, and over an hour's period of time, we're going to just do massive amounts on destroying this virus so that it can't reproduce itself. So if you could do that a couple times a day, how can you do that? I've already done this experiment on myself. I've been able to get my entire upper respiratory area up to 109 degrees Fahrenheit. And so, you know, I have an infrared thermometer so you can take the temperature, you know, so I take the heating pad away. I have it set on high and I'm not sick. I'm just doing this because I don't ask anybody to do something that I haven't done on myself. And then I've also taken my body temperature at the same time that I have 109 degree right here on my chest and neck area in this upper respiratory area. I've also then taken my body temperature and I'm still 
at 98 degrees Fahrenheit. So your whole body temperature is still the same. At 106, see your, at 106 entire systemic body temperature, then brain cells can begin to die. But see, your, your brain is protected, lots of things, by a blood-brain barrier, and you also have a skull, and you're not going to be able to get the heat through the skull to be able to heat your brain. Now, if you, really, the only way you can get over 106 is artificially done in a with the use of medications, or, and that, you know, like a person went into insulin shock from an overdose of taking insulin, then that can happen. But it's always a medication-induced situation. As far as a virus, most viruses will take you up to 104, 105. Yes, this is good, because that's the body's defense saying, let's put an end to this virus. Let's not let it replicate. And so don't be afraid of a fever. Fevers are your friend. They're helping raise your body temperature. You're not going to go above 106. That's dangerous unless, like I said, you're on a medication that would do that. And most medications don't. It's just a few rare ones. And so you're, you're okay. And so that if we can get the local area where the virus is residing and multiplying, heated to that 106 and keep it there for just an hour and then do that twice a day, you're going to be doing great deeds for your body. Keep a scarf around your neck when you're not, you know, don't have the heating pad on you. Drink hot water. Stay warm. Turn up the heat in the house. Wear layers. People know how to stay warm. I also want to tell you about the, the heating pad to make sure that people don't run off and do things in an inappropriate way. When you put a heating pad on you, you should always have a layer of cloth. So you should have your shirt on. Then your heating pad on top of that. To be able to get to 106, you're going to have to put a blanket on top of your heating pad to hold the heat in. But you have to, you don't want this directly against your skin because it can get so warm, you can cause your skin to get like sunburn. In addition to that, be smart. Please don't wear a metal necklace and you have it against your metal necklace because that metal will heat up and will burn a little hole in your skin. Take it yeah, down. That's great advice. <laughs> or if you have metal, like I have some women who have breast cancer and one of the treatments for cancer is actually the application of heat too. And I always say, because they put little metal threads in to do diagnostic procedures and breast cancer, it's like, you cannot do this. You cannot apply heat if you have metal in your breast. If you have metal in your body, then that area do not apply the heat because metal heats up really fast and can cause a destruction of tissue. So I have a couple of questions about this just to clarify a few things. So you know, the heating pad is for if you actually have contracted the virus. Yes. But you also mentioned in order to build immunity, staying warm helps. So you're both wearing scarves today as we're speaking here. Can you explain a little bit how just keeping your body warm on a daily basis could either build immunity or maybe keep you from contracting the virus? And am I Absolutely. understanding that properly? You are understanding it properly. So the heating pad is for I've got an infection because we don't need to put a heating pad on our chest every day of our life, but we want to stay warm because the body, we're mammals. We're designed to be approximately 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's an approximate. I mean, normal is anywhere from 95 up to 99. I mean, we have, it's a range of normal on temperatures. It's what you are normal at. And we have to maintain that temperature no matter what the temperature is around us. So in most people's homes, it's 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, your body has to be 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that's a 20% increase. And if you go out in the cold and it's 50 degrees or 30 degrees or 10 degrees, we wear coats because that we have to maintain that 98 degrees Fahrenheit. If our body temperature drops, if we drop down to 90, 88, 86, we're gone. It's goodbye. We're dead. It's called hypothermia and we die. And why do we die? It's because the chemical reactions we run, our entire body is run on trillions upon trillions per picosecond of chemical reactions that are happening all through our body. They can only happen at a certain temperature. And that temperature is at 98, it's your body temperature. They only happen at your body temperature. They can't happen otherwise. And so your chemical reactions that are running your immune system and everything else in your body is not going to 
it's not going to be happening. You basically, you cancel your immune system because we can't make the chemical reactions happen to have the white blood cells go out there and attack the, the COVID virus or whatever virus you're fighting or whatever sickness. We don't, we don't have that function because the reactions aren't happening because we don't have the body temperature to make it happen. And now we want to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op, which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and bets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience, and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting, and we have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department, and produce. We love Lakewinds produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store, and we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop. And when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. So I'm just thinking like all year round, not just during this winter season, but you know, there are some people that say take a cold shower and do an ice bath now, like that's really popular or keeping your room really cool at night. So what are your thoughts on, I disagree on that? With I disagree with it a hundred percent. Totally. People who do the polar plunge type of treatment, yes. you know, because Marnie and I have we talked were about just going talking to about doing that next week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been prepare watching people on social media. To prepare to become sick because you will have lowered your immune system function. Because in that time that you are so cold, your body has to do everything to try to keep you at 98 degrees Fahrenheit. It is going to take every single resource that you have to try to keep you at 98 degrees Fahrenheit. And so you are making it very, very difficult for your body to do that. So all other systems, it's just like, try to keep her alive. Your immune system doesn't matter right now. Your thinking clearly doesn't matter right now. You're gonna be pumping adrenaline out the kazoo to try to speed the processes. I mean, you're gonna set into play a whole lot of reactions that essentially ruin you as far as your immunity is concerned. We are not meant to, we're not polar bears. And if you look at polar bears and whales, I want you to look at them. They, they do the polar plunge. They swim in very cold <laughs> waters. But how are they dressed? 
are they have this incredible fur coat on them that is thick. And then if you look at these bears, most of them have a very thick fat layer too. If you look at whales, they're, you know, they're mammals too, just like polar bears are mammals. Whales swim in very, very cold oceans and they have to maintain a body temperature. How can they do it? Well, if you know anything about whales, they have not just a few inches of blubber, blubber is fat. They have several feet of blubber that that fat is big, it's a blanket. It insulates them so their internal organs maintain their body temperature so that you can go through the chemical reaction so that you can maintain a healthy life. And so by nature, we have the things given to us, polar bears with these thick fur coats and extra fat, whales with feet of fat. I mean, and so humans, we don't, I mean, people that are overweight, they usually complain, I'm always so hot, you know, I'm always so hot. You know, not, it's not 100% across the board, but that's a generalization and most of them do. Well, why? Well, very politely is that you got some fat layers and they're acting as blankets and holding the heat in. That's why you're a little polar bear, you're a little whale, you know? <laughs> well, Marty and I hate being cold. We're both, I think we, we could say that we're often cold and we're yes. always drinking tea. Like I'm always drinking hot water and tea. So I felt pretty good that I was already doing some of the, the things that you recommend in your protocol. Oh, so um, yes, yeah, stay warm. So stay I'm warm. not going to do that polar plunge. You have sold no. me on that. I mean, first of all, twist my, I didn't really want to do it to begin with, but it was more of like a challenge. A and challenge. Like, exactly. Yeah. So, and so maybe we find a different challenge, Marty. Maybe we go into the sauna longer or something. I don't yes. know. Yes. <laughs> that, that to me sauna, sounds better. Then yeah. I'm assuming a sauna is a good thing. A sauna is a great thing because then your body does not have to work so hard to maintain, it's called homeostasis, to maintain mm -hmm. this body temperature. It's being done for you by the sauna because, you know, saunas are running hot, much hotter than your body temperature. And so you're, it's being maintained so your body can go through and do all the work that it needs to do. It can repair DNA. You know, we have six major DNA repair systems that will go out there and work at correcting mutated DNA. This is big because that's a cure for cancer, you know? And so all of that is facilitated when we're warm because the body says, okay, I don't have to use every bit of energy just to try to keep, keep this person breathing and her liver functioning and her kidneys functioning and her brain going, I can use all this extra energy and all these resources that I now have because the sauna or whatever, your sweater, your scarf, whatever's maintaining your heat, I can use that to fight and to make a healthier body. So it's an allocation of resources. You're taking a load off your body so we can reallocate resources to areas that may be neglected right now because we're so busy trying to maintain homeostasis of body temperature 98 degrees. This makes such perfect sense to me, the way that you explained it. Um, I didn't have that full appreciation of it before. So thank you for sharing that. I think that'll help to put your recommendations into perspective for everyone. And they're super easy recommendations. Yes. So that's exactly. what I love about it. Yeah. I yep. mean, you know, drinking hot water, that's easy. I mean, everybody can heat water. Everybody right. can turn up the heat on their thermostat or, you know, so yeah. No, and I don't sleep in a cold room, not at all. I, I turn the heat down to 68 during the day because I'm not in my bedroom. And I have my own thermostat in my bedroom. So it's separate from the rest of the house. And so, and then I had about 4.30 in the afternoon, I crank that thing up until where it is at 78.5 oh. oh, degrees wow. Fahrenheit in my room and then I then I and when I walk in at night it's just like oh I just walked into this wonderful blanket of air and I sleep so soundly and so well in that nice nice toasty warm room I like it to be cold in my room which I know is not going to be the answer and under be under my warm blankets but cold air and I even have a fan going which I saw that you said I oh, no, read somewhere where you said fan no fans you off the fan is cooling you off. And yes, oh, and by the way, and I sleep with blankets. I have seven blankets on me in addition to my 78 degrees. Oh, wow. wow. So it, you've created your own sauna at night, basically. I am creating my own sauna, but it's not as hot as a sauna because that would yeah. be very difficult after a while. But, you know, right. it is a very warm, 
I am snuggy, snuggy warm. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, this is so nice. It's just like- That's awesome. Well, these are all great tips that I will for sure if start implementing if I ha haven't already. Um, and also talk to my family about it too. So. so pivoting a little bit, and you touched on this early on in this conversation, but we'd love for you to share your view on the COVID-19 vaccine, which I know is, you know, very still can be a very controversial right now, um, how you think it will help with herd immunity or not, and maybe even ask you a personal question about whether you would get the vaccine. Okay, well, I'll answer the personal question first. Yeah. Absolutely, no, I will not be getting the vaccine. I think I already had COVID. I think I have a T cell immunity. My husband was actually diagnosed with COVID. He's in and out of medical facilities all the time. He's got, he's a disabled person. And so he came down with COVID and I lived with him and, and I had a headache for a half a day. So I did have the antibody test done, but it turned out to be negative. But when you look at an antibody test, you have to run so many cycles and you have to have the antibody is test is actually done on people that have these very severe infections that are in the hospital. And so you have to have a higher count of the antibodies. And if you have a T cell immunity, it won't show up at all. So I'm certain I have a T cell immunity. I would love to be in an experimental trial to you know, test my T cell immunity to COVID, but I am not afraid of COVID at all. It is, it is a mild disease. I'm not going to take the vaccine. No, as far as the vaccine is concerned, there are the trials that the vaccine companies have done, you know, as far as its efficacy and safety. However, it is not the long-term studies that need to be done. And a vaccine, it usually takes many years to develop a vaccine because it has to undergo rigorous testing and then to see what happens over the course of time. So COVID-19 has been um, approved for emergency. The FDA has approved it for emergency use based on, you know, the whole climate that we are living in. And so it has not undergone the normal time that we need to see. So right now, I mean, if you're reading the news reports, I read them every day. I'm very up on the news, especially with COVID. And, you know, and I'm also watching the different clades that are developing. We knew about these different variants way back in July. I mean, I could tell you exactly where on the protein we were going to have these, you know, DNA changes and the variations that are going to occur. We already knew about that. But it's the whole premise is and not the vaccine won't necessarily cover all of the variants of COVID. And we're not sure of the exact efficacy yet. We know we need two doses, but we don't know how long that will last. Maybe only a few months. No, we, how come we don't know? Because we don't have any studies yet. We haven't done it. So what we are is we are the guinea pig population. I mean, I'll just put it quite bluntly. We're the guinea pig population. And so you were seeing reports now, people with allergic reactions. I just saw a report of somebody that died a day later after taking COVID-19 vaccination. You've probably seen all this in the news, you know, and you know, the many people that are having allergic reactions, some severe, some mild, I mean, we don't know. And so, I mean, now they're recommending if you have an allergy to, you know, certain substances that are in the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. We don't know. And so as far, we don't know about efficacy, and we don't know about safety. We just have these little short-term, when I say short-term, you think about when do we start to try to develop these vaccines? This, this is not over the course of several years. We're talking about over the course of several months. And so everything has been accelerated. And we're really not sure of, this is a different measure of a vaccine. Like I said, we're looking at mRNA. It's a messenger RNA. It's a, it's a, it's a, a genetic piece of material. And this is all still experimental too. So we're in an experiment stage. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to be a part of the experiment. I mean, I'm, I, why? Because I know that I have a strong immunity. And so if I get COVID, if I had COVID, whatever, I'll get over it. It's not a big deal. And by the way, my husband got over it too and he has several comorbidities. So, and he got over it just fine too. Did he use the heat on his chest? Yes. And it just turned him around. So it's interesting your comment about the antibodies because we're actually having this discussion a lot in my home. So my older son had it in early July. He had no symptoms. We just came into contact with someone, which is why he got tested. So we tested him for the antibodies in mid-December. He had the antibodies. And then because he was ex 
had another exposure. We tested him just this week and he still has the antibodies. But are you saying that that doesn't he has need anything or? His exposure was great enough and that he, he developed enough antibodies to it before. Yeah. And I take it your son is probably in his teens. Yes, he's 15, he's young, he doesn't have any. And so he may not have been exposed to, like me, I, I was exposed, majorly exposed to COVID-19. And I did have a half a day of a headache. That was my sum total of symptom. I did not go in for the test at that time. I took the antibody test and it showed negative. But I'm also 63 years old when I was exposed to this. And I've had lots of colds and flus as I've grown up. I mean, it's just a standard growing up kid, you know, and then in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, you get a cold. And so I am sure many of those were, were coronaviruses. In your son's case, he's 15. I don't know how many coronaviruses he was exposed to in his 15 years compared to my 50 or 63. So it, we're really going to come down to, that's, that's where the science is going, by the way. That's where we have to go is looking at T cell immunity because that's that's what protects the population is T cell immunity. So what would you say to, I'm just curious, like I know a lot of people in the 70 plus age range that are terrified of the virus and they're living in extreme fear um, in their homes and they wanna get the vaccine as soon as possible because life right now is really, lonely and hard and, you know, scary. And um, if you watch the news and you maybe don't have the same biochemist background that you have, all you hear about is what you see on the news. And, you know, it's no, not many people are saying what you're saying. I, so I know, I'm, I know that that's I'm, not, that's not the politically correct thing to say. Unfortunately, this has become a political issue. It's not just a, this is not a science issue. That's why I decided when I saw the whole COVID-19 thing happen, I was just, it's just like, guys, don't you know anything about viruses and how small they are and how they're transmitted? This is not going to stop it. I mean, I just read the most recent study on masks. They're not sure if they help or they don't help. So we're gonna err on the side that they might help. So, you know, we don't know. We don't have any long-term studies with COVID-19. Nobody knows. And so what has happened is, is there's this big push. This, I, I'm going to tell you, it's called fear-mongering. It's fear-mongering. And so our media is, is making us all very frightened. And that's what I said. Fear immobilizes the population and causes you to, to not think necessarily rationally, not go into things. And, and then some quite frankly, guys, they're, you're right. They're, they don't have information to this. That's why I'm working so hard on my truth app to get that out there so people could read the science, read. So, or, you know, it's for those people who are afraid, by all means, they can take the, the, the vaccine. Hopefully they will get an immunity to it. And, you know, they'll have to have a second dose right now. The vaccines, you have to have a second dose. And I don't know, they may have to be, they don't know yet. We don't know how long it will last, the vaccine. And then they may have to be revaccinated in some period of time again and again and again. And, if, and that's up to every individual, but yeah. So just one more question on the vaccine and then we'll move on. Why aren't more like epidemiologists talking about the, what did you call it, T-cell immunity and some of, um, I guess, what you're saying. They are, they are actually talking about it quite a bit. I mean, if you, if you look at the scientific literature, it's everywhere out there. But I mean, you have to look at scientific literature. You can't just listen to your local, you know, whatever news, you know, agency, because they're not reporting that. Um, you know, you have thousands and thousands, you probably have heard of the Great Barrington Declaration, you know, that has been signed by thousands and thousands of scientists and public health experts saying, stop this craziness. This is crazy. The lockdowns and the masks, they're not working. This is the best way to get over. Just go to Great Barrington, if you just Google that. Great Barrington, and you can read all of the science and, you know, the, another viewpoint. It's another viewpoint. And, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but I will tell you, ladies, this has become a political issue more than a scientific issue right now. 
and not just in our country, but throughout the world. And so we need to just start thinking a little bit more rationally. And yes, if you're if you have comorbidities and you you know are dying of cancer, or, you know, or whatever it is, yes, then wear your mask and keep isolated. And you know, but even people that wear masks and that are totally isolated, they're getting COVID-19. Yes, it's because it's a very tiny little particle. And so it's gonna go everywhere, mask or no mask. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, that's we appreciate your viewpoint. There's lots of views out there. And I think the I think the message is everyone should be informed and have the facts, right? And yes, so sir. I think you're encouraging people to find the facts. And you mentioned an app. Can you quickly touch on that? Oh, I think you yeah, said you're yeah. I am in the process of releasing. It's not I'm hoping to get that done in the next few months. Actually, it's on the doorstep of being released, but I've held up because of the censoring that's been going on in the United States. Because anytime you try to present a truth, especially a scientific truth, and all it is is an app, there's no, it's not a social media platform. It's just posting a link to the scientific study that talks about the different clades in COVID-19 or about, you know, the studies and the efficacy and what, how little information we have on the COVID-19. Those things are being not easily accessed unless you know where to go. And so anyway, I'm going to be putting that out probably I'm right now in the discussion with many different companies because I do not want to be censored. And I know that if I come against what is politically correct, that, that I will, you know, I will be booted off the platform. So it will not be going out through Google play. Well, that was my original. It's right. I've already bought the space on Google play and on the iOS because the Apple phones, but I'm not going to put it out on that because I know I will be basically shut down. And I'm not, there's like I said, there's no opinions. I'm just posting facts, facts on all sides of the issue. I want everybody, okay, we'll read the report that says the masks are great. Read the report that says masks are ineffective. Read the report that says we don't know. You guys, you just read all these scientific reports because what we're gonna be posting is scientific, empirical, primary source data, not mom and pop website. Primary source data is scientific articles. And that's what's going to be posted. And then the reader can read through all the articles themselves and then let the reader decide. Yeah, Whoever I think posts. that's great. Yeah. So and hopefully not, when this episode airs, it'll be out there and we can. Hopefully it will be. Update yes. And so if you're interested in it, you'd have to email me at Karen at KarenHerd.com. So to see how to get on it. Because right now I'm on GoFundMe. It's a pretty expensive project, but because I have to have the software developed for it. <laughs> and so anyway, but I'm on GoFundMe and it's called the Truth App. And but and all those people that, you know, there's a few people that have I've basically covered the cost on it. But it's if you want to know about it and you don't want to donate, that's fine. This is a free app. It's going to be, you're gonna, you'll be able to, we're making it user-friendly to your phone because I want people, but it's gonna be actually through an internet provider on an internet platform, but not through the Google or the Apple Play stores. Well, this is awesome. And we will link all this up in the show notes. Um, and, and you know, another question we have for you is just, we'd love to know what else you're seeing in your practice. I mean, you help thousands of people, right? You know, take back their health through nutrition. So other issues that people are coming to you with during the last, you know, six months or so? Stress. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... I, my heart just hurts for everybody. And, and I understand it too, because I'm under stress too. I mean, you know, we all are, you know, you can't go into the grocery store without a mask. And do I wear a mask in the grocery store? Yes, because I want to get my groceries. Do I abide by the laws in my state that say you have to wear a mask? Otherwise you're fine $200, blah, blah, blah. Yes, of course. But Otherwise, when I'm at home or I'm sitting here in my office, I'm talking to you, I don't have a mask on, you know, do I think that it's effective or not? Well, you can read the literature yourself, but I think you're better off just having it and just unless you are vulnerable. You know, if you are, you have comorbidities, then yes, let's take the precautionary measures, you know, around you. But, but it's the stress of the COVID-19 then we had all the civil unrest through the summer with starting with George Floyd I, and people who are not listening to this during the United States may not be, they probably are aware of it. I mean, you know, we have all the civil unrest, you know, Seattle's, Chicago, burnings, looting, anarchy happening in our country. 
unchecked, you know, and, you know, all the, and it was all a political thing. And now the whole political thing with the election and election integrity, was there fraudulent activity? Was there not, you know, it just goes on and on. And you have half of America, you know, on one side and half of America on another side. And the tension doesn't matter what side, because I have clients on both sides of the aisle. They are just, everybody is upset, sick at their stomach, and it's, and stress people brings down your health. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at, you. everybody's got to learn how to deal with stress. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm actually running for public office here in the local area because I've decided enough is enough. I can either sit back and say, I hope somebody does something about these things. But I realized that, and this is a common quote, is that evil is allowed to persist when a good man does nothing. I am not going to sit back and do nothing. I've been working so much in the scientific realm and then I realized that science is not what's driving things. COVID-19 is a perfect example. I'm a biochemist. People, science is not driving the COVID-19 lockdowns. This is a political thing. And so what I have done is I am running now for local office. I will be running in the April election for our local, for our local city council. And then if in the next election that comes up, the general election, I will be running, depending on who else is running, because we have some really good guys in the state of Wisconsin and state legislator, I will run for state legislator. And I will continue to run and run again because I want good laws for our citizens. I love the people of the United States. I love the people in my town, my state, and I want to help them. And we have to stop this fear mongering. And so anyway, where I'm sort of getting on a political bent. So I'll back down off of that. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about stress and fear. Oh, stress um, and fear. Yeah. And sure. just about how to help people through that. Everybody, you have to you have to come up a way with to deal with stress. You really do. And every some people meditate, some people, you know, it's whatever. We all have stress relievings. I, I read a lot. I read my Bible a lot. I play the piano, by the way, and I will play and I will sing because that really helps me. And I sing these wonderful songs that bring hope and light. And I remember this at the top of my mind. My life is an adventure. I'm on a great and grand adventure. And I am mounted on my white steed and I am a knight in a shining armor. And I am going to just have a wonderful time on my adventure, however it goes. And then, then life becomes easier and you have a bigger perspective and it's not so bad. Yeah, so everybody has to come up with their own way. I like your mantra. <laughs> so do I, I love it. As we start to wrap up this conversation, we wanted to pivot just a little bit and touch on another topic um, aside from COVID-19. And I know you have all these courses that you offer and we talked about these the last time you were on our show, but there was one in particular that I saw recently it was on like allergies and eczema and leaky gut and toxic mold. And it really, really resonated with me personally. And I know the eczema side, something I've been battling um, for a long time and then healed it and then recently had some flare ups. So I'm investigating and trying to get to the root. But I know a lot of people deal with this, especially allergies and kids and adults on a daily basis. And they're taking a lot of different medications and doing shots and things like that. So without giving away too much of what you offer in your course, We'd love a little insight, maybe as to what causes some of these health issues and, you know, maybe a couple of tips on what people could start to do to, sure. to well, get to the root. A little bit different. So allergies can be the cause of eczema, but most often it's just a lack of water. And so eczema will flare generally in the winter or when it's drier weather, the winter, the cold weather, I should put it that way, because wherever you are in the world, cold weather means that there's less moisture in the air. And so everything is drier and people notice that my skin, your skin is drier. You get the little skin cracks on your fingers and, you know, when all that is typical is we need more water. So eczema is typically a lack of water. Can it be aggravated by allergies or caused by allergies? Yes, certainly. But mostly you want to look at, you know, keeping hydrated and then keeping the areas of your skin hydrated because it's so dry. Our skin is releasing water. We're always releasing water into the air. That's just a normal, it's called a respiratory process. I know we think a respiratory is breathing, but our skin is letting off water in this process. And so you want to put a water barrier on your skin. So if you have eczema, you want to make sure you're getting more than what you would normally get in your water. And then please get a barrier on it. You can use always unscented, please lotions 
or petroleum jelly makes the greatest barrier and it holds some moisture in your skin and doesn't let it evaporate out. And so then as you're holding the moisture in your skin, you can see tremendous healing. Stress does come into this too. The more stressed you are, you'll notice that you will have tendency to, you know, have a little bit more eczema, but you fight it with your water and your, your application of your petroleum jelly or your nice lotion or whatever, a thick fat. We're looking for a thick fat because fat holds moisture in, doesn't let it escape. As far as allergens are concerned, allergens are basically, they're, they're proteins. They're always proteins. They're never fats. They're never saccharides. They're not carbohydrates, in other words. They're always a protein. And your body is labeled it as a foreign invader. And so all we have to do is get rid of those foreign invaders. And allergens can build up over time. And you've heard me, I think I've talked on this podcast about the enterohepatic recirculation, how we recycle things through bile. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, I thought we talked about it, but anyway, it's in the bile that we carry out allergens. And so if we can throw away our bile by the consumption of soluble fiber, mm-hmm. then you bring down your allergen load. And I will say this, you know, you asked me just before, you said, what have I been seeing in these last several months with all my clients? I see the stress affecting their lives, but I also see people enrolled in my course. I get every day dozens and dozens of emails. I am so much better. I've been doing this for so long. I cannot believe the difference. I am better. I am better. I thank you. My acne is gone. My allergies are better. My son that had such joint aches of, you know, your children with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, all his pain is gone. His swelling is gone. Blah, 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 blah. Every day I hear many, many people saying, I'm better. I'm better. So this is real. Nutrition isn't this pie in the sky, you know, that I hope it works. You don't even have to hope. You don't have to believe. I'm not asking you to believe anything. Just do it and see what, just do a scientific trial. Does it help you? Does it not help you? So water and beans, right? Yeah. Water for the eczema is the most important. And then the beans are what are the soluble fiber that carry out the, the allergens. Absolutely. Right. And we talked a lot about that the first time that you were yeah. on. Um, and I mean, thankfully we do eat quite a bit of beans in my house, but Yes. So we encourage people to go back and listen to that episode for more information. So just one more thing in regards to that, you would say that for acne, with acne, you hear also that it's tied to the gut health, but the beans would theoretically help the acne as well, correct? Because you're pulling out that stuff. I disagree with the hypothesis that acne is tied to gut health. I do not agree with that at all. I think that is totally running down the wrong street. I don't see any science to back that up. In my acne course, I'm very specific about what creates acne and what is the cause. If we can get to the cause, then you correct the cause and you correct the problem. And so if you're addressing gut health and you have Crohn's disease and you're thinking it's causing your acne, uh -uh. you can address Mm -hmm. Crohn's disease, but that's not going to address your acne. So it's interesting because I've always heard that that gut health was causing eczema. And so if you cleaned up your gut, and so I had never heard the water, you know, theory before. So I, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that course. I'm super, I'm super interested. And my older son has some allergies too. So yeah, I, yeah, I think it'll be beneficial to you. Keep me so hold on. I will. Um, Karen, as we wrap up, where can people find you sign up for your e-courses? Um, yeah. And if you have a special offer for our listeners. Um, KarenHerd.com is my website. So it's just my name, Karen Hurd, and Hurd is spelled H-U-R-D. Mm-hmm. And you go there and then you'll see on the homepage, it says, you know, explore our e-courses. You click there. I have 17 e-courses. And so then you can click on those. Right now, my e-courses are extremely underpriced and I'm not planning on raising the price. Um, I have many people, I mean, comparable courses are running a thousand or more. And the reason is, is it's because when you buy a course of mine, you just hired me as your personal online nutritionist counselor. So like when you're in a course, if you have a question, hey, I have this and that, I'm in your allergies course, then you are able to for perpetually 
you get to go back to the course, you don't have to watch it. Once you, you get the course forever, you can go back 10 years from now and watch it. And in 10 years, if you have a question, if you're enrolled in that course, I will answer you. So every day I spend my entire day answering questions from people enrolled in my courses. And I will tell you to do a nutritional consultation with a person is going to cost you well over $100 for just a few minutes. And you bought the course for 250 or the acne course is 150. The gut health is really complicated course with lots of protocols, it's 300, but that's the highest price course there is. And so I have already so undersold myself because I'm giving you away giving myself away to you for free advice for the rest of my life, rest of your life. You know, wow. I didn't even, I didn't realize that it included yeah. all this like free consultation. That's very yeah. generous. It's all by email. So you email me with your question, like Karen, I'm having this problem. What should I do? And I'll say this, this, and this, or I'll ask you more questions to get more data. And so you have me as a free online counselor your rest of your life, as long as you're enrolled in that course. And once enrolled, you're always enrolled. That's amazing. It's dirt cheap. I do offer coupons if you buy five courses or they're called bundles, five course bundle 10. And some people buy the every course that I have. And so, you know, they're, they're learning gobs. Yeah. We'll we'll link all this up in the show notes because this is great. Yes. So one final question that I know you answered the first time you were on, but we'd like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Having love, joy, peace, patience, Mm -hmm. gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Beautiful. Well, clearly you live well. And so we're excited to see you on your journey. I'm sure you'll be on again at some point, Karen, because there's just a wealth of knowledge, but I'm hoping we will not be talking about the COVID-19 virus the next time that you're on. Um, and, and I love, I'm excited for your app to come out. And I also yes. just love your energy. You know, you're, you're jumping around in your chair and you're excited. And I can see that you mentioned you have like a fire in your belly. I can see that in every thing you say and do. And that's, that's lovely. And your passion for all of this and for helping others really comes through. So I love you me. have a gift. You have a gift, I, Karen. I love I love them so much. I want to help them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. You ladies have a great day. You You too. too. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.